Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransombello. If you have your Bibles quickly, John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 25, the New King James Version, I read in your hearing. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, not the miracles that they saw, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Verse 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes. I know this is a love feast and we're going to dine in a few minutes from now, but can you poke your neighbor and tell the person by your side, do not labor for the food that perishes. <laughs> can I explain this? Uh, doesn't mean we shouldn't eat. Alright? And doesn't mean you shouldn't have good food, but you see the word labor? says, do not labor for the food. This is Jesus speaking. says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now, we are not to labor for the things that perish, but... These things will come to us. Did you get that? Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. Can you preach with me? Say all these things. things. Yes, yeah, say all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, we're not done yet. Verse, where am I? Verse uh, 28. Then they said to him, What shall we do? that we may walk the works of God. Verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. What is the work of God, somebody? Don't worry, the expo is there. Just say it loud. That's all I need from you. What is the work of God? Okay, so let's, pers- let's personalize it. Let's say that I believe... In him who sent him. <laughs> Alright? So the work of God is not tied to your doing anything. The work of God is tied to your believing. So if someone is asking you, what is the major or the quintessential part of the work of God for you? It is believing not working. In the kingdom of Christ, working doesn't come before believing. Believing comes before what? Working. You got saved, not because you did any work. But you got saved because you believed. And it is your believing that will keep you being saved. Which means... 
that when you have gotten saved by believing, you will not keep on being saved by working. Are you still here? Okay. So, the work of God is for you to keep on believing. And this is why Paul describes it this way, that I have fought a good fight of what? Of faith. The fight that you're fighting is not a fight to do something. The fight you're fighting is a fight to keep on believing. So there are many distractions now, especially in our generation, in, in this 21st century. There are many distractions, many things that will take your attention from, from believing. And you must make sure that nothing stops your faith. Like I said to you before, of those of us who were here, that everything that happens in your life is a decoy. What do I mean by decoy? It is a distraction which the enemy actually intends to attack your faith. For example, you don't have certain things. You don't have money. The poverty is not the real attack. The real attack is the effect the lack of money has on your faith. You made an application and you didn't get the job. That's not the real attack. The real attack is the fact that the discouragement you feel threatens your faith. That's the real attack. So, everything that happens to you and I as believers is a side distraction. The main thing that the devil is after is your faith. So, can you tell the person who is sitting by your side, say, keep on believing, no matter what. Keep on believing. Keep on believing. When you see a man or a lady or a young man who has lost faith, a young man who has lost the ebullience and the passion to keep believing, that person is almost like a living dead. There is no passion in his life anymore. No passion in her life anymore. That's the one who has lost faith. And lost faith, most importantly, on Christ. Now, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said to Peter, he said, uh, the devil desired to have you, but I have prayed for you. In fact, he desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that what? When my Bible study students here, that what? Your faith does not fail. The focus of Jesus wasn't the attack on Peter. The focus on Jesus, or of Jesus rather, was the attack of his faith because of those things. Now, some of us are going through a lot. Many of our problems are not written on our faces. Am I speaking here? People look at you and cannot tell. You may be here right now. You don't even know how you're going to get back home. Some of us are going back home and there is nothing in the house. Some of us have been given uh, eviction notice out of the house. 
accommodation is difficult, life is tough, uh, sometimes you have to beg for cash or for money so you can do your daily run around. You see, but those things is actually an attack on your faith, Omar. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Praise God. Let's read the next verse. Verse 30. John chapter 6, verse 30. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father is the one who gave you the true bread, or my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Who is the true bread? Jesus was talking about himself. That's the true bread. Okay, verse 34. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 36. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one whom, or the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Verse 39. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that, all, that, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. Verse 40. I want to show you something. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread. Now look at this. The Jews were complaining. And he said, this is their complaint because Jesus said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Verse 42. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know, how is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Verse 43. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 45. As it is written in the prophets, And they shall, be, they shall all be taught by God. Therefore everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Look at the problem here. In the days of Jesus, the primary food that the people ate was bread. In fact, bread was the staff of life. If you want to symbolize life, you want to symbolize sustenance, the first thing you're going to do is to talk about bread. That is why when Jesus is teaching, he uses bread to teach. Amen? Amen? Are you still here? Okay, so bread was symbolic to the days of Jesus, which was the uh, 
the, uh, uh, the, the symbol of sustenance, the symbol of life. Now, when Jesus said to the people that, I am the true bread that came, what did you think Jesus was trying to say? The Jews actually knew what Jesus meant when he said he was the true bread. So what they did was to ask him questions and took him back to the law. Because if Jesus is saying, I am your bread, he's indirectly saying that everything about you is going to be sustained by me. And the Jews knew very much that they were the chosen covenant people of God and to whom all the blessings of Abraham would fall upon. So, uh, they felt insulted by someone else who would come from nowhere and say, the manna you ate through Moses that God gave is not the bread. Because everything that happened in the history of Israel was symbolic to them. So Jesus was indirectly saying to them that Moses did not matter, Abraham did not matter, the law did not matter. But I am your bread, I am your sustenance. And the truth is, if Jesus is truly the bread of life, if he is our bread of life, everything about our sustenance must be Jesus only. Jesus was indirectly telling the people that you cannot depend on any other thing apart from me. He was replacing the food that the Israelites knew to be sustenance for them with himself. He said to the people that I am your sustenance. Now, let me bring this home. Many of us have been able to have uh, a well-schemed survival plan that if you don't have Jesus in your life, You've got a work strategy or a work plan that is going on well for you. You have um, things are going as you have planned, maybe. And even if things are not going as you have planned, the plan that you have in your mind, you see survival and fulfillment without Jesus. That's where the danger is. Jesus is saying to someone here now that there is nothing about you that will bring true fulfillment like I will bring to you. So Jesus is your bread. That's why he's called the living bread. In fact, he's called the true bread. Are you still here? Now, when you eat food, um, it is only the thing that is wasted that goes out. But the food actually becomes a part of you. All right? So what it means is that if Jesus is our bread, Jesus has become a part of us. And we have become a part of him. Praise God. So praise God. So if I have taken Jesus as my primary food, I have taken him as my primary bread, I have sought the person of Jesus above survival schemes, survival plans, I have sought the person of Jesus beyond whatever will be my backup. You know, all of us have backups. Our work is our backup. Some of us is our parents. Some of us is one uncle you know. Some of us is one uh, friend you met, one divine connection that happened, and all of a sudden you got a breakthrough. All that backup plan can never take the place of Christ in your life. If you're listing out things that are important to you, and Jesus is not the focus of any of them, then you haven't started as a believer. Praise God. So can you say after me, say, Jesus is... I want to hear you loud. Say, Jesus is is. my survival plan. plan. 
Let's say it again. Say, Jesus is, Jesus is my, sufficiency. my sufficiency. Look at your neighbor. Say, Jesus is, Jesus is my, sufficiency. my sufficiency. Ask the person who you were talking to. Is he yours? Is he yours? Is he yours? Did, I hope he said yes. All right? Jesus is my survival plan. Look, your life is intertwined with Christ. If you take Jesus as your bread and you have chosen to eat him and to, to make him a part of you, what it means, my friends, is that everything about your life must reflect him. Everything about your plans must consider him. How many of us have made plans for the next five years and have not included him? It means he's not your true bread. That's what it means. It means he's not the bread that you truly depend on. Jesus was saying to the devil when he came, tempting him, he says, uh, that Satan told Jesus, says, if you're the son of God truly, turn this stone to bread. And then Jesus said to uh, the devil, he says, man shall not what? Live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, meaning that bread is part of it. Ali? Alone. <laughs> means that you need this food we're going to share now to sustain your body. But if you realize that you are not the body that people are seeing, the you, the real you, is actually the spirit man that people cannot see. It says, you should not live by what sustains your outer pulchritude alone, no. You're meant to live by what sustains your innermost spirit, and that is the word of God. So if you and I are going to integrate our lives with the true bread and say to ourselves, Jesus, who is the bread of life, his word, which is the bread of life, cannot be separated from me. That is the best way to live life. You cannot make decisions without confiding in the word first. That is a believer who understands that Jesus is his bread. Praise God. You are so intertwined with Christ, knowing that you are in Christ and Christ is also in you. It means that when God sees Jesus, he sees you. And when he sees you, he sees Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So friends, I want you to realize tonight that much of everything you do from tomorrow, many of us go to work. You go to work. Monday to Friday, all that is to provide what you're going to eat right now on the table. It's called the basic essentials of life. You have food on your table, you've got shelter, you've got a comfortable life. But that is not the point. Many of us pay so much attention. In fact, for you, the purpose of God is those things. For you, God is there so that work can go well. Instead of it to be the other way around, that you have work so that you can serve God better, that's someone who knows that Jesus is his true bread. So our psychology has been reversed. And we must come to realization that everything about me, everything about what I do, must be centered around him. If you're blessed today, you're blessed because there is something about Christ that you're meant to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. So praise God. Hallelujah. So we must come 
to terms with that. And if you understand this, you will take Jesus as your true bread. Don't reject Jesus as the true bread just like the Jews did. Because they questioned him. They said, how can this man say he's the bread of life? Because they understood what bread meant. Do you know why Jesus likens himself as bread? Jesus likens himself as bread because I think, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a caterer, but I think that bread is the most common food in the world. What do you think? Okay, like one of the most common food in the world, right? If Jesus says that I am the true bread, <laughs> what do you think is the reason why many people despise Jesus? Do you take for granted what is very common? Sincerely, let's just think about it. Do you take for granted what is common? If you see something everywhere, every day, it's easy to take it for granted, right? So if Jesus says, I am the bread of life, today many preachers don't preach Jesus anymore. Many pastors don't preach Jesus anymore. Many believers don't want, all they want to hear is for demons to fall and die. All they want to hear is the witches in their father's village. I need a firebrand pastor. All these pastors who are wearing bow tie everywhere, it's not my problem. <laughs> I need a firebrand pastor who can, who can command fire in the coven of my father's house. I need someone who can shake the earth like Elijah who called for fire. If I be Elijah, let fire, kayabo. <laughs> Roy, that's right. If I be a man of God, let fire. But do you remember when uh, where those people came and met Jesus? Say, Jesus, these people are despising you. Call fire and let fire consume these people just like the days of Elijah. Jesus said to them, he says, you think I came here to kill people with fire? He says, you know not what manner of spirits you are. Meaning that your, your job as a believer is not to be Holy Ghost, fire. Consu to consume who? Let me tell you something. John said that I'm going to baptize you with water. But the one who is coming after you, will after me, will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. So if fire and the Holy Ghost fire is a bad thing, why will he say we will baptize you? I don't know if you are getting my point. No, let's think scripture. No, don't be carried away by everything you hear. Confirm. The Bible says comparing spiritual with spiritual. If you hear anything that sounds spiritual or religious, confirm it with the word of God. Okay, and the word of God is New Testament thinking. New believing thinking. So, the, the, all you need is Jesus. Not the doctrines. Not the mode of service. What you need is him. Are you still here? So say after me, say, all I need, all I need is Jesus. Jesus. I like the way Gift says Jesus. Jesus. All I need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. That's all you need. 
you don't need any fire brigade plan. Can I ask you a question? Can witches oppress Jesus? No, let's talk now. Let's reason together. Can witches oppress Jesus? Huh? Can Jesus now be poor? The Bible says, for as he is, so are we in this world. It, it didn't, listen, it didn't say as Jesus was, so am I now. But it says as Jesus is now. There's a difference between what Jesus was and what he is now. Jesus is exalted now. He said, for thou hast given him a name that is above all names. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. God has highly exalted him now and has given him a name that is above all names. So Jesus is actually sitting at the right hand of the Father. So he says, as he is now, so are you. So the question you should be asking yourself is, what is it in Jesus that I see and I don't see in myself? That is my position. If I don't see it now, it's my experience. But your experience can become your position. Are you still here? Okay, so what you should do is to always compare. Look at yourself. And make sure you interpret who you are by the person of Jesus. Praise God. Jesus is your bread. Your bread. Your bread. Not this granite. Jesus is your bread. Your bread. Your bread. Your bread. That's Jesus. So all the work plan, the retirement plan, the pension plan, many of us will work and work and work and work. And after a while, we're paid a very good amount of pension, you know, maybe. And at the end of the day, what next? But if you realize from the beginning that everything about your life is meant to be intertwined with Jesus, it's meant to be intertwined with him. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Praise God. So lift your hands everybody and say Jesus is my sustaining plan. Just go ahead and give God praise. Hallelujah. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.